This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, I want to tell you, I want to tell you two stories before I get into uh, before I get into David Melach. So, this is a story that just happened that I was involved in. A girl called me about ten days ago. She's not feeling. A girl that I deal with that I know very well. That she's very worried. She's not feeling well, and her whole body is full of black and blue marks. No one hit her or anything. She's just breaking out with black and blue marks and she doesn't feel well. I said, I didn't want to tell her that. That's a, a sign of leukemia, a blood, a blood cancer, a very big sign of it when you have breakout in black and blue marks. I didn't want to tell her. I said, you need to go to a hospital immediately. So she went to a hospital, not a big hospital, and her bloods came back. She had no blood. She had no blood in her body. Like, you're supposed to have like 120,000 white blood cells. She had 6,000, 4,000. They pretty much looked at her blood and said, you have leukemia. Um, kidneys, were fa- kidneys weren't working well. Everything was wrong. And they said, you have leukemia. You're going to have to take chemo. We have to send you whatever it is. I said, listen, it's a small hospital. Go to Columbia. Let's go to the best. And let's go to big doctors. And let's see what they have to say. And now this is a girl that is a cutter. Um, always tells me, I just want to die. If, if Hashem didn't, if it wasn't an Avera to die, I would, I would kill myself right away. I don't want to live. I'm in pain. I want to die. I want to die. She's cut her stitches, stuff, crazy stuff. Like, doesn't want to be here. She calls me. They said, it's leukemia. It's right, Wallstein. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I just said that always. But, but if I have leukemia, I'm going to die. Rather, I do something. I'm like, I thought you wanted to die. So Hashem, maybe you dive into Hashem. He listened to you. No, that was just, I just talk like that. Do something, call a rabbi, do something. I was like, okay, let's go to Columbia. Let's see what happens. She goes to Columbia. They do, they take the first blood test. They're like, 95%, you have leukemia. And you have very bad leukemia because it doesn't usually have black and blue marks so fast. 95%. Now it's always 5% that we're wrong, whatever. Okay. We're going to do a special blood test tomorrow. She says, can you call someone in Israel? Can you do something? I really don't want to die. She's crying the whole time on the phone. I'm like, okay. You're not going to die. Hashem can do miracles. Don't get so nervous. Easy for me to say. They don't even know how she was living. She came in with so little blood. They were like, this is a miracle that you're living, that you didn't collapse, you didn't faint. Like, this is crazy. Okay. I call her to trial. I'm not going to tell you who I call. I don't get a lot of phone calls. I'm not giving away who I called. I call this Makobol. And I'm like, I'm not telling them what's wrong. I'm like, I have a girl, this is her name. Whatever her name is. Dina Bas Malka, it doesn't matter. That wasn't her name. Gave her name and her mother's name. Okay, call me back in a few minutes. Call back. Um, she has something very wrong in her blood. Okay. I didn't tell them there was any, I didn't tell this person what was wrong. Tell her, if she takes on Shabbos, she doesn't keep Shabbos kosher or anything. She takes on Shabbos for the rest of her life that the next blood test she'll see miracles. I said, that's it. Tell her to keep Shabbos. Hang up. Okay. I call her up. I'm like, listen, I I gave you a name. I didn't tell them what was wrong. They right away knew it was blood. Said, if you take on Shabbos, you will see a miracle. I can't. I can't do Shabbos. Rabbi, I can't do Shabbos. Tell Lumakobo that I will take out all my piercings and keep kosher. I can't do Shabbos. Okay? Call back. I'm like, she can't do Shabbos, but she's willing to keep kosher. She doesn't keep kosher. 
and give me all her piercings. Tell her that will not help. She has to keep Shabbos. Okay? I'm not arguing. I call her back. I'm like, sorry. Shemayim wants Shabbos. You got to keep Shabbos. I know. I can't help. I'm like, you told me you want to live? I made the phone call. You got to keep Shabbos. Okay? I'll keep Shabbos. You have to help me. What time? I'll keep Shabbos. Okay. They take this crazy blood test. It takes two days. It's right before Yantif. Comes back. There's no cancer in the blood. But leukemia, many times, is not in the blood yet. It's in the bone marrow. Before the blood, it goes into the bones. So it's very possible that you have it in your bone marrow, but it didn't go into your blood. But we're taking you down from 95% leukemia to 60% leukemia. Okay, better. We need to take bone marrow. It's an operation. Um, Friday, Erev Yantif, we're going to take bone marrow from your hip. And we'll study the bone marrow. And we'll let you know what we find. So, Erev Yantif, Friday, last Friday, they took the bone marrow. They put her out, of course, the second operation. They took the bone marrow. The bone marrow came back yesterday. No cancer cells. Zero. What's going on? called plastica anemia. It's a disease of the blood, extremely curable, nothing to do with cancer. Um, you you got to get a blood transfusion every once in a while. They watch you, and usually it heals itself. If it doesn't, then they do a bone marrow transplant, and you're fine. I said, Shabbos, Shabbos. Did you keep Shabbos this past, that Shabbos, when Shabbos Yontif just came by? She said, I kept Shabbos. So today I spoke to her. It's like a different person. I'm like, so you want to live? You want to get married? You want to have children? Like, what happened? She goes, I don't want to die, Rabbi. I cannot thank you enough. I said, don't thank me, but don't mess Shabbos up. That was a warning. She is home. She's not in the hospital anymore. They said, you got to come every week, two weeks, and just test your blood to make sure everything's okay. But the biggest doctor said 95% leukemia. This is not a story I read in the Mishpacha, in the Bina. Some, someone told me. I, I'm telling you the story. The story is from me. I was the guy that made the phone call to, to, to Eretz Yisrael. And I asked her this morning. I said, I'm going to seminary. Could I not mention your name, not mention where you're from and all that? Can I tell them the story? And she's like, 100%. The story's not over. Story's not over. Father, her father, called me this morning and said, You know, I am a great great grandchild of a very big tzaddik. He told me the name of the tzaddik, who, you know, from from 1920, whatever it is, but I know the tzaddik who did miracles for many, many people. And my daughter is a great 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 granddaughter. Meanwhile, I needed a miracle for somebody, went to this great-grandfather's grave, prayed there, got a miracle, and now I gave back. I, I didn't give it back, but whatever. What goes around comes around. Crazy story. Crazy story. Shabbos. Ah, kosher. Nope. Piercings. Nope. Don't mess with Shabbos, girls. Don't mess with Shabbos. And I told the mother, 
She said, what should I do? I said, light candles 10 minutes early. It's a big thing. If Shabbos is 7 o'clock, light 10 to 7. Big thing, miracles. So we're sharing this story with everyone because I know it's true because I'm the guy. I'm the guy in the story. Okay, that's one story. Another story. Uh, this story, I was not alive. This is way before me. Um, so there was a very big tzaddik. His name was Rav Levi Yitzchak Mevaditchev. His name was Rav Levi Yitzchak Mevaditchev. Sasha. He is known, Mevaditchev Rebbe, to f- he was able to find good in any human being, any Jew, no matter what you did wrong, he was able to find something good in it. Okay? So, one Yom Kippur, the, the people in his shul were saw that he was, he was very bothered. He usually was happy and praying and singing. Very, very, very bothered, down, depressed. Rebbe Levi was never like that. They were very worried that something very bad is about to happen, like COVID. And all of a sudden, at the end of Ne'ilah, he started dancing. Like something broke. Something happened. He was dancing. He was happy. So after everyone broke their fast, they came to the Rebbe and they said, Rebbe, we never saw you like this on Yom Kippur. So broken, so sad. And then all of a sudden at the end, you're dancing. What happened? He said, I saw in Ruch HaKodesh that very dark clouds over Europe, that that very bad, there was going to be a very bad gzeira against the Jews. And as much as I davened and I tried and I davened to Hashem, the gzeira was never broken. He said, then all of a sudden at the end, in the middle of the Elon, I saw in Shemayim, gzeira broken, clouds are gone, sunshine. Somebody in my shul broke the gzeira for the whole country. They're like, Rebbe, you, you, for sure was you. No, it wasn't me. I tried a whole young kid, but it didn't work. He said, do you know who it was? Yep, I know who it was. They said, is there another tzaddik in our shul on your level, bigger than you? He said, there is someone bigger than me when it comes to tefillah. Who is it? So the guy that sits in the back, the wagon driver, total Amoritz, didn't know how to read Hebrew. So he broke the Xera. What? He doesn't even know how to read Hebrew. He said, let me tell you what happened I saw in Ruch HaKodesh. At the end of Ne'ilah, the wagon driver turned to Hashem in Ne'ilah and said, I don't know how to read Hebrew. I don't know how to pray in Hebrew. There's only one thing I know that I learned in school before I had to go to work, the Aleph base. So in the Elah, he said the Aleph base to Hashem. This is what he said. Aleph base, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, above Zion, right? He said the Aleph base. And he said, Hashem, I don't know how to pray. I'm giving you the Aleph base. You take the letters and you make the words that I need. He said, Hashem took this broken peasant's letters, Aleph base, and he made the words that we needed to make things there. The wagon driver. Not the valedictorian. Not the best girl in school. The one that couldn't even talk. Who couldn't even read Hebrew. Okay. There was a big tzaddik that was in the shul. That Yom Kippur. That was in Badichev. That was in Badichev. 
This guy went to a town. I wrote on a piece of paper. A5 paper. Ah, there's a paper. He went to a town called Lumberg for the next year of Yom Kippur. And he saw that the people were very disturbed on Yom Kippur. And he said, what's going on over here? And he told them the story. He told these people. They were also, they were all wagons. None of them. They were all, they were all like people who didn't know anything about Judaism. And he said, I got to tell you a story about the wagon driver. And he said the alphabet. And he gave it to Hashem. And Hashem put the letters together. And he broke the Xero. And the head of the shul said, Rabbi, great story. We got a problem here. By Ditchiv, they knew the Aleph base. We don't know the Aleph base. None of us learn Hebrew letters. We don't know the Aleph base, Rabbi. What happened by Ditchiv? So he says over the story, it's so beautiful. I heard this on Pesach. He says over the story that the rabbi got up and said, okay, everybody, follow me. Aleph, Aleph, Bays, Bays. And he went through the whole Aleph Bays by them repeating what he said. And he said, now, Hashem, take all the letters of all the people that repeated after me and make a prayer out of it for you. Hashem loves every one of us. Some of us don't let him in because we want to do stuff that he said we shouldn't do. So if I know he loves me, then how could I do that? Most people come to me and say, God, I don't believe in God. I'm like, yes, you do. You just have to get rid of him because you're doing some bad stuff. If God said everyone eat lollipops and do whatever you want, nobody would get rid of God. If he let you do whatever you want, what is he bothering you? It's great to have a God. Something's, someone's leading the world. It's great. Oh, I can't do this. My skirt has to be that. Ah, I can't put Washington I have to have to give it up. Hey, nah, 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 nah. But if a God let us do whatever we want, who does he bother? I never see him. How do you know he's there? Interesting. I'll tell you, everybody, something very interesting. I'm in Chinuch for 43 years. That's not interesting. But I'm in Chinuch for 43 years. I cannot tell you how many people over 43 years said, prove God. How do you know he's the God? Who's God's father? Where did he come from? He doesn't talk to me. I'm dealing with this for a long time. Nobody in 43 years ever came, all girls who learn, no, but never came up to me and said, I don't believe in angels. You see angels? No. You hear angels? No. You talk to angels and they answer you back? No. How come nobody ever said those angels that Yaakov sent to Esau? I don't believe in angels. The three angels who came to Avraham? I don't believe in angels. That's not true. How come nobody has a problem with angels? You watch Peter Pan, right? Everybody loves Peter Pan. What's that little thing? Tinkerbell. Nobody said, how could there be a Tinkerbell? They don't believe in God, but Tinkerbell, yeah, no problem. Very simple. You know why? Girls, why? Why? Tell me why. Because angels don't tell you what to do. So why do we have to ask questions if they don't tell me what to do? They don't bother me. Interesting, right? Angel Michal, Gabriel, Raphael. Nobody said, Raphael? What's that? I never saw Raphael. God, they have questions on Why? Because God tells you what things that he wants you to do. 
And we don't want to listen to that. So we want to do what we want. Oh, I do what I want. Then you don't exist. Of course, we know that he exists. There's many proofs that he exists. I'll tell you something very interesting that came up this Pesach. So this, this person came to me. He doesn't believe. How do you know? Da, 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 da. So I just blew it out of the water. It's very easy. It's so easy. It's like such a stupid question. That How do you know there's a God? First of all, if there's no God, like how did anything come from anywhere? So then, so then how did God come? I don't know. I don't care. It don't matter. God had a father, didn't have a father, where he came from. Who cares? He's the boss. He could kill me. He could reward me. He could punish me. He's the boss. You think your goldfish knows what you got on your test? Your goldfish doesn't care what kind of car you drive. Your goldfish doesn't care you're in seminary. You think your goldfish is asking the other goldfish, who's her father? Who's her grandfather? No, they're not asking that. You know why? Because all they're interested in is that that little hand comes with the food and drops them the food in the water. That's all they're interested in. Because that's all that counts. When you start asking, I need to know who God's father is. That's ridiculous. You don't even ask the pilot on JetBlue who his father is. And he's only flying a freaking plane. This man, this, God created the world. Who's his father? Who's the bus driver's father? Anyone ever ask him? You're on his bus, can crack into a wall. Who's his mother? Where did he come from? How does he exist? He's driving the bus. I gotta believe, I gotta trust him. He's, he's running the world. Who cares? Oh, you care? You know why you want to care? Because you don't want to believe in him. You know why you don't want to believe in him? Because you don't want to do what he's saying. That's all it is. It's the basis of it. That's why we don't have questions on angels. That's the basis of it. And you would never come to my class again if I told you, I got to tell you girls a secret nobody knows. You see this phone? It was nothing. It was a paperclip. I left it on my desk, and this morning, look what it came became. Rabbi Wallerstein, we really, we know it's legal to smoke marijuana today, but we really didn't think you would go down that direction. Because if you think a paperclip became your phone, you are in big trouble. You need some good meds. There's a stupid phone you would never believe came from a paperclip. You believe a world came from nowhere? No, there were two molecules. They bumped into each other. They exploded. You were monkeys. Now you're people. Right? You believe that? Great. Where did two molecules come from? I had a teacher who was teaching evolution. I said, excuse me. Excuse me. Where did the two molecules come from? They banged into each other by accident, and then all this stuff happened. From two molecules, human beings, hair, color, eyes, all that. So tell me, where did the two molecules come from? There has to be a creator. If there's a creation, there's a creator. If there's a building, there's a builder. If there's a painting, there's a painter. The food is cooked, there's a cook. So what are you talking about? It's ridiculous. No, you have to get rid of God, that whole world. God says in the Torah, you can't be this, and that's the favor of Hashem. And you can't, a guy can't marry a guy. Well, if I want to marry a guy, there can't be a God. It's either or. So yeah, the left is atheism and all that other stuff, because the first thing I need to do is get rid of Hashem. Once I get rid of Hashem, all that various in the Torah, all the Torah of Hashem, all that stuff, doesn't exist. And then you live a life with no God, which means you live a life with no reason, no, Ashkacha Pratis, this guy dies. Bad luck. Random. 
This one's rich, random. This one's poor, random. Everything's random. Imagine if, you, if your whole life, you didn't believe God has anything to do with your life, and everything is random, and then after you suffer for 80 years, or you go through that, they put you in the ground, and the worms have a party. And that's it! That's it! That's atheism. That's it! There's no other world! You are party food for maggots! Yay! I'm in a great mood today. Why? I found out that in the end, I am food for maggots. How could these people be happy? They're miserable. There's no other world. There's no Ganeiden. There's no Avram Avinu. There's no Neshama. There's no Mashiach. There's no, nothing. Maggot food. And anything that goes wrong in your life? No reason. Random. So, yeah, nobody ever walked into my house and said, What's up, Rabbi? Life's amazing. I'm an atheist. They're miserable, every one of them. Eh? How do you know? Where they come from? I don't believe. They're miserable. They're not happy people. How could you be happy? Your whole life, what do you do? Girls, what do you do if you're an atheist? What do you do your whole life? Okay. I eat food so I can have energy to work. They're not learning, right? To work. To make money, so I can eat more food, to make more energy, to make money, so I can eat more food, and in between I have to go to the bathroom and get rid of half of that stuff that I spent my money on. And I sleep, I sleep, so I have the energy to eat, to get the energy to work, to be able to buy the food, to get the energy to sleep, the energy to work. And in the end, all the food that I ate is maggot food. And you're supposed to be in a great mood. So like, therapist, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm depressed. Do you have God? No, why do I need God? What do I need God for? What does God do for me? He makes your life worth living. I don't believe in God. So those people don't believe in God. They do, by the way. It's like this girl who said, I want to die, I want to die, I want to die. And the minute she thought she had leukemia, she said, I want to live, I want to live, I want to live. It's the same thing. As I was saying, no, there's no atheists in the foxhole. And, and they used to fight. They used to shoot out of these holes in the ground. And all of a sudden, it's like, God help me, God help me. How did I get onto this subject? I have no idea. But that's what Hashem wanted me to talk about. So that's what I spoke about. But this is, so I had this, I, so, so, so anyway, so did you, I want to tell you something very fascinating. So the, the, two, the two main proofs that this, this girl came to me, her parents brought it to me because she said that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah. Not Hashem. So she believes in Hashem, but she thinks this guy Moses was a crooked guy. And he wanted to be famous. So from Pasha Shmos to the Zosabracha, his name is in every Pasha, except Pasha Tatada. So he wrote a book about himself and he made up all these laws and God ne- never, never, it's not God. So of course it's stupid because there are two things in the Torah if I was to write a book that I want to last forever, I would never write something in it that you could disprove. Right? So there's two things in the Torah, well, there's more than two, I'll tell you more than two, but there's two things in the Torah that you can't, you can't, it can only be written by God. One is um, Pasha Shmini, last week's Pasha. This week's Pasha. This week's Pasha. Pasha Shmini talks about kosher animals and non-kosher animals, right? So it says that the pig... There's two simonim to make something kosher. You have to have split hooves. You know the hooves on an animal? They're split. And then chew its cud. So if you ever saw a camel, it's chewing, and then it like burps, and then it chews, and then it burps, and it chews. 
Well, cows do the same thing. They have seven stomachs. So they eat, comes up, they, they throw it up in their mouth, they chew it again because it's hay. Goes down, yeah, it's not so good. Goes up, they chew it again, goes back down, right? It's called chewing its cud. That's what makes an animal kosher. If it has split hooves and it chews its cud, it has to do both. There's only one animal in the world that has split hooves and doesn't chew its cud. Every animal that has split hooves chews its cud, except the pig. So if you ever saw a pig, it's interesting, Rashi, you ever saw a pig the way it sits. It doesn't sit like any other animal. It sits with its hooves in front of it like this. I am kosher! Because you can't tell if an animal is chewing its cud. But you can tell if it's split hooves. A camel has, chews its cud, has split hooves, but they're not split all the way through. There's a piece of skin on the bottom, if you look at it, and therefore it's not kosher. It has to be split all the way through. A camel, a llama. So the, the, the pig is showing off like, I'm kosher, but it's not. I'll tell you something fascinating. So the Torah says that the only animal that that has split hooves and doesn't chew its cud is the pig. You will never, ever find another animal in the world that has split hooves and doesn't chew its cud except the pig. And the Gemara says that when Mashiach comes, the pig will become kosher. The only animal that's not kosher today will become kosher, you can have bacon and eggs. I don't know how good it is. It smells good, but not for us. But yeah, the only animal. Everything else you want to eat? A lion? Can't eat a lion. You want to eat a cat? Can't eat a cat. You want to eat a monkey brains? You can't eat monkey brains. That's only in Africa. You want to eat, I don't know, whatever, dogs? You can't eat dogs either. You want to eat rat? You can't eat rat. I have a, I have a Jewish friend that's not religious. He went to Africa. I'm going back 30 years. He said, Rabbi, kosher is the way to go. I'm like, why? He goes, so we go to this restaurant in South Africa, and we sit down, and we have, they put this meat, like a steak in front of us. He says, it was amazing, but it was weird. It was sweet. Meat is not sweet. It was weird. It was sweet. He said, I don't know. I felt like I had to vomit. It was sweet meat. So I turned around and asked the waiter, what is that? Like, what did you serve us today? He said, oh, that, that's field rat. Ugh, he said, I should have eaten only kosher. Field rat. So they eat everything. But that's not kosher. Right? So why does the pig become kosher, girl? Why does it become kosher? It's treif. And it's not only that. It is, if you ask any non-religious Jew, give me an example of an unkosher animal, everyone says pig. Pork pig, porky pig, pork pig, whatever you want to say. Pig pig, bacon pig, pig pig pig. Because it's one of a kind. It's the only animal in the world that has split hooves and doesn't chew its cut. And it shows that off. Now, if Moshe wrote the Torah, he would never write that. Because he lived in the Middle East. He don't know what animals were living in the Amazon, or in South Africa, or in America. So if he wrote the only animal is a pig, and then we would find in America, or in South Africa, or in Brazil, an animal that has... Split hooves and doesn't do its cut and it's not a pig. Rabbi Wallstein will never keep another mitzvah in the Torah. The Torah is false. If the Torah writes it's the only animal and it's not, Moshe Benner made it up. Somebody made it up. It's not from God. I'm going, I don't know. I asked this interesting thing. I, I said it over to some of my friends that you guys filled out something. I don't know what you filled out. But Daphne told me that, that if you found out the next day you weren't Jewish or something like that, like you found out you're not Jewish, what would you do? What would be the first thing you would do? 
So I said, probably burger, cheeseburger. No, most of the girls will. I, I would put on pants. It's a whole different, I have to think about that. Most of the girls in this room said that if I found out I'm not Jewish, first I put on my pants, maybe I'll, I'll be a gear after that, but first I have, I have to try pants. Why pants? 90% of the answer was pants. Why do the girls from Beisach girls have a Yetzirah to wear pants? Do they think they look so good in pants? Like, what's the deal? What's with the pants? I don't know. I have to think, I have to look at the papers. I have to understand it. But it's very interesting. You would think chazer, shrimp, I don't know, lobster, some kind of food. Go out with guys. I'm sure that would be number one answer. Just go out and hang out and do whatever I want. No. Pants. Interesting. We're going to figure that out. We're going to figure out why. Why is that? Such a Yetzirah. Sneers my girls. I know that, but why pants? Short skirt. Pants. From girls. Pants. I'm not, I'm not ragging on you. It's an interesting thought. Like, I wouldn't write pants. That would be silly. I definitely wouldn't write a skirt. That would be sillier. So that's not my Yitzhahara, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Anyway, so, so Moshe Rabbeinu would never write something you could disprove because the whole Yiddishkeit's gone. We find an animal today that has, chews its cud and, and has split hooves and doesn't chew its cud. I will, not, I will come here and tell you we are closed. Judaism is false. We're closed. Over. Have a good day. Everyone go have fun. Wear pants. Do whatever you want. I'll be the guy to tell you that. But you're never going to find it. And that has never been found. Why? Because the only one that knows that there is no other animal is the one who created the animals. Hashem did not create another animal that has split hooves and doesn't chew its cut. So Hashem could write in the Torah that it doesn't exist. No, no! He was a zoologist. Moshe Rabbeinu was a zoologist. And he had a telescope. And he could see across the world. And he figured out that the pig is the only... Okay. You don't want to believe. You don't believe, right? But the Torah says something else that no one can know. You'll never find a fish that has scales and no fins. Now that Moshe Rabbeinu could never know because it's under the water. He couldn't see it. So if you come up with a net and some fish comes out of the water somewhere in the ocean, Pacific, Atlantic, blue, anywhere, Siberian Ocean, I don't care where it comes out, and you're like, oh my God, a fish with scales, no fins. Seminary's closed. I'm wondering about a cheeseburger. I don't know. I think it would make me pretty sick, but I don't know. So one of my friends said, because we were talking about this on Pesach, he said, I wouldn't choose one thing, but being able to eat everywhere and anywhere at any time, he says, that's pretty cool. Well, that's interesting. That makes sense. The pants thing, I don't know. You'll have to explain it to you. Maybe someone he'll write a, an answer. I don't know. But anyway, I'm not a girl, so I don't understand it. Okay? So here are your two proofs. Only Hashem could write that because Hashem knows every fish that he made. Nobody knows all the fish are beneath the sea. So only God could write, I didn't create a fish that has scales and no fins. So there's no Shiloh Moshe Rabbeinu didn't write the Torah. He doesn't have that information. And he would never write something that could be disproved because then the whole thing goes out the water. There's something to me that's more fascinating. When, this is crazy. When Rachel Imenu died, this is crazy fascinating. When Rachel Imenu died, what Pasha did she die in? Do you know? She died when she had Binyamin. So it must be Esau saw her. Right? Esau saw her. 
Ready? It's gonna blow you away. I never said this in any of my shirim. This is in the schutz of the girls in this room. Very sad. But he had crushed a balinata. She had a hard time giving birth. Rachli menu. But Allah the nurse, the doctor told Altiri, "Don't worry. Ki gamzel loch ben, you have another son." But he betzeis nafsha. But ki mesa, she her soul went out and she died. She died in childbirth. So Binyamin never had a mother. I took Bishma Ben Oni, the son of my pain, but Aviv, and she wasn't alive anymore to name him, but Aviv Kola Binyamin. And the father, Yaakovino, called her Binyamin. Here is the most amazing proof of God. But Thomas, you could say, you could say, you can't say. We could, he guessed, he hoped, Moshe, but he would never take that chance. And, and, he's, and he would never take that chance. But anyway. By Thomas Rachel, we take over Rachel died, and he buried her. You've been to Kevin Rachel, right? In 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 Beis Lechem. He Beis he That's where she's buried. Listen to this pasuk. Everyone should look at it. Pasuk Chaf Perek Lamed Hey. Vayatsev Yaakov Matsev Al Kurasay, and Yaakov set a monument. You know Kevin Rachel. He made a monument on her, on her, on her where she died. He. Matsevas, Kivras, Rachel, Adhayayim Azeh. That might not, when was the Torah written? 4,000 years ago? The Torah is writing, when Rachel Imenu died, that whenever you're gonna read this, 2021, whenever you're gonna read the Torah, cause it's forever, you should know that the Matseva, that Yaakov built on her, that, that Keva Rachel, is here to this day. How could anyone know that for 3,000 years the Romans took over Israel, they destroyed everything. The Greeks took over Israel, the Muslims, the Islam, the Crusades. How could anyone write in the Torah that today in 2021 you're going to go to Beis Lechem? Her building is still there. How could you write that? How, why would you think that would be like that? After all the wars and everything, they, they tore down everything. There's only one being in the world that could write 4,000 years ago, that whenever you read the Torah, I guarantee you, Kevorachal will still be there. And that's a being that knows the future. And that has to be God. Only God could write 4,000 years ago, whenever you're going to read this, whenever it is, in 20 years from now, 50 years from now, Kevorachal will be there. Romans destroyed Israel. Babylon destroyed Israel. Everybody destroyed Israel. Kevorachal. Now, Mars Machpelah, was, was built by, by Herod, by a king. He built up that whole building. Kevorachel was Yaakov Avinu. Hashem said, So, it's ridiculous to think that anyone but God wrote the Torah. The problem is, if you don't want God, yeah. And no one I've ever met that could disprove this. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, Rabbi Mechanic talks about 
the Muslims was a, one prophet who came and said he saw God, and Yashka was one guy who said he was the son of God, but 600,000, 3 million Jews were at Harsinai. But anyone that I deal with would say, yeah, show me a video. I don't believe you. If the Torah is not true, then whatever the Torah wrote that there was 600, is not true. So like, people who don't believe, they're like, what? what? I, I, maybe it's Moses that wrote it. There's no proof. No proof that they were all standing by Harsinai. We have a Masora that there were, but we don't have a video. But here, this is hardcore proof. I believe, I believe it also says, girls, that Beersheva, which Yitzchak dug, will be around also at Hayyamazah, which it is. How did he know that? I believe it's also brought down. Whatever the Torah says, Anayom, it's, it's true. So that had to be, that was written in the past, 4,000 years ago. So whoever wrote that knew what the future was going to be. That's amazing. Okay, we didn't get to the part. I wanted to get part with Dabra Melech and everything. We'll get to that next week. Hatzlacha and Racha. And all the good things. Keep Shabbos! Kalacha! Kayach of Shabbos! No, you dick. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.